You've reached the Design by Hannah podcast. I'm sure we all enjoyed the piano interlude, but now we must hurry on to our period of questions and answers. Hey there, I'm Hannah McGuire. I'm a web designer, confidence builder by nature, and an entrepreneurial cheerleader. Go team go! Helping small businesses and entrepreneurs bring their brands to life online. Well, that's my jam. Okay, I am here this morning with Petey Mack, aka Peter McGuire, aka my very talented and amazing husband. That's me. I do want to ask you some questions about you and music because I really... You know, you really inspire me as a musician and as an entrepreneur with music. And it inspires me that you came from a small town of Rochester. Do you consider that a small town? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I still would. Just because, well, I grew up in, like, the suburbs. And it was still, like, a very small town. Like, I mean, you're from Stanwood, Washington. Yeah. I'm, it's, where I'm from, it's, it's, I guess it's not as farmy as Stanwood. That's <laughs> true. If that makes sense, but it's still small town vibes. Yeah, small overall. town vibes overall. Especially when you compare it to even a city like Nashville. You know, it was it oh, definitely yeah. felt like a, a small town. I wanted to move to a city, a bigger city, once I graduated college. I initially was supposed to go to LA, I think. Yeah, I was supposed to go to LA in twenty fourteen and intern there. Because so I was I write with your EDM. And I'd been doing a lot with them. It's an EDM blog. And I had a friend out there that managed some artists. And he was working also, um, I think, doing marketing at a a big nightclub in L.A. And I wanted to intern with him in his company. The closer we got to that date, it was going to be in the summer of 2014. um, We'd been going back and forth. And I was like, you know, if I came out here, I really wouldn't even be paid because um, I can't get a job, you know, and then also find a living space for three months and then not be paid. And the call, I don't think it was necessarily his to make. And he was trying to you know, get a paid internship for me, but it turns out it wasn't. And so I was like, you know, unfortunately, I can't make it. I can't intern out there this summer. But, you know, I wanted to go out and visit and I wanted to still do that. But I always had the intention of moving to a bigger city. I love New York, but I didn't want to move there. I wanted to go to... LA was really first on my mind. Nashville didn't come until like six months later. When you got an internship there, correct? No, well, yeah, eventually. But I had at the time like some friends that had visited from Rochester, came back, and then instantly made the move. And they were like, the city's awesome. The city's so cool. And it had never been on my radar because everyone from New York kind of figured it was like a country, just a hick kind of country town. And I had seen what some of the country bars were like in Rochester, and I was like, I don't really want anything to do with that. (laughs) (laughs) Funnily enough, um, I had friends that kind of, this kept putting the bug in my ear, and it was, it was in the summer of 2015, I just started applying to internships all throughout the, like, through, from January to, like, May of 2015, I just applied to internships in Nashville, tons of them. I had a good resume and got denied by every single one of them. And I was just like, this sucks. Like, I know I'm I'm qualified and no one will call me back because I'm not there right now. I'm not in Nashville, I'm I'm in, 
you know, I don't go to Belmont, I don't go to Vanderbilt, I'm in New York, and I'm telling them I'm going to be there for the summer, and no one, like, I don't think anyone took it seriously, and I had posted my my resume up on Indeed, just for whatever reason, just to have it, and it turned out, like, the first week of May, Capitol Records uh, emailed me, Capitol Christian Music, and they were like, hey, we found your email, or we found your resume on Indeed, and we think you'd be a perfect fit for our digital marketing internship. Um, you know, would you want to interview for it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I was a marketing major, so it was it was crazy. I was like, how does this, I mean, I feel like this, ha- this is meant to be. So I interned with them the next day and then got it, and it was a paid internship. And, uh, and so like within like the span of a few, I think just so about a week, I realized I was moving to Nashville and I moved to Nashville for the summer, like the at the start of June, it was crazy. Did you know the whole time you were getting your degree in college that you were gonna move to a city to pursue music? Or was there a pivotal moment when, either when you were younger or during college when you were like, you know what, no matter what, like I'm definitely gonna go pursue my music after this season of my life. It was, it was in 2011 when I started my freshman year. And that's when I like got introduced to electronic music and EDM, as they call it. <laughs> and my friend Cubby introduced me to it. And I hated it for the first month. And then he just kept playing it nonstop. And eventually it just clicked. And I was like, well, this music is amazing. And I just got more into it. Like we started a radio show together. We He taught me how to DJ. Um, I started just to listen to, get into all the artists. I think Avicii was definitely, it was the first one, him and Dead Mouse you know dead mouse he's like the he's like how marshmallow was is today like you know with his neon mouse head just the coolest dude and yeah so i guess after as i got into electronic music and you know my sophomore year i ended up staying back home i didn't go back to ithaca and i just was sort of figuring out okay like i got I got more into electronic music got more into producing it started you know, getting involved with DJing. I'd always wanted to make a career out of music, but I never knew how to until, like, I began producing, like, EDM. When you say always, is that from how young of an age oh, okay. is always so, for you? I'm just Oh, yeah, for me, for me, it was, like, when I was 15 or 16. What was your musical life like then at that age? Because you said you weren't introduced to dance music yet. Yeah, I wasn't introduced to dance music, but I was... Um, I was really into guitar, so I played guitar. I've seen the videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the hair is a little bit, it's wild. My my uh, style was a little crazy. I was totally into Beatles, Led Zeppelin, just like that whole classic rock movement from for a variety of reasons, but I also like just loved, I loved, um, I loved playing the guitar. I loved that you could produce such emotion and such feeling like with it and so I learned like all of Led Zeppelin songs um Jimi Hendrix I had a guitar teacher who it was funny like we we both went to this really like small Baptist church but he also loved rock and roll so I would go to his like basement every a uh, couple times a month maybe and he had like this whole suite like set up and I would plug into his system and we would just he would just give me stuff to learn I'd come back and we'd we'd jam out together um and that was the fun part of it. Like for everyone that's played, that plays music, they know the feeling of just jamming and just, just letting that happen. It's it's 
it's it's amazing. And so I, I love that. And I also had another friend at the time who was a music producer in Rochester. He was producing like for a lot of like a lot of big like R and B and hip hop records and pop records. And he was always just like willing to just willing to show people like the ropes of like what the studio life is like. So he he would just like invite people that played music to come to his studio and to lay guitar tracks down or you know to sing and I would I remember watching him like work on his program and I would like record guitar uh, for certain songs I would hear back and then be be like oh well you know it's a little bit off you gotta keep going and I just I just like got a, re- a real feel for the studio and it was yeah between the ages of fifteen and sixteen I was like wow like I saw I saw what like the potential of creativity and how far it could go and how much you can affect people not just creating your own music but also working with other people and it was like intoxicating to me I loved it that's kind of like where the seeds were first planted and then eventually I got my first program like it was reason <laughs> reason four reason three reason four um and me and my cousin Jeff like we would just like stay up late and make like really weird funky tracks I think I still have one say to this day where it's just it's hilarious. It's, it's. I'm gonna play that on the outro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you'll hear it on the outro. You gotta start somewhere, but yeah, we we just like had fun with it, and then we just we just kept rolling. So let's talk about your journey to Nashville. Can you recall what hopes and kind of mindset and dreams you had when you moved to Nashville? Yeah, I didn't know if I was supposed to work in the music industry or if I, if I was supposed to be an artist because I was like, wow, this thing from Capital came out of nowhere. Like maybe I'm supposed to you know, do marketing and, you know, work in the marketing world. And I always remember, like, I never felt, when it, when I was working with Capital, I liked it, but I, I also felt like it wasn't creative enough for me. It was, like, very numbers-based. Like, what I was doing, which is, I mean, some of that can be fun. Like, I loved the analytical side, like, looking at Facebook and Google and Twitter and, you know, seeing, okay, this is how things perform, like, how do we make it better? But I just remember realizing, I was like, man, this isn't necessarily what I thought it was going to be, like, working in the music industry. And so there was, like, that tension of, well, I also want to be an artist, but do I have enough confidence to be an artist? Does PD Mac have enough confidence? Because confidence is something I've ever always struggled with. So moving to Nashville, a big part of it was that I saw that electronic music was still growing. Like, there's so much opportunity. There's opportunity to get involved DJing. There's opportunity to to meet other DJs to play festivals just to do a lot and you know in comparison to New York and LA like that's that's already thriving that's already booming there and Nashville to me was a a place where I could kind of figure out what I was doing and afford it and it would all be okay it was it was like it just made sense to me for some reason just clicked and so I got involved like in 2016 I had a full-time job Working with Lyft, <laughs> it was great. Customer service and social media. That's I, when we met. That's when we met. It was, it was, um, I still talk to some people from there. I have a lot of good friends from there. Um, I was producing music a little bit on my own, but I was, I was ready to get, I wanted to get involved in Nashville, but I didn't really have enough confidence at the time to do it, like to, to get involved with the clubs right away or to, try to get gigs like actually DJing. Um, so I started playing just with artists, like, you know, DJing for artists, which was fun. And then um, I remember 
there was a band at the time that I was like, that, that, that I remember hearing like the record and I was like, whoa, this band is so cool. I was a big, I'm a big 1975 fan. The, the, the band, they called the Foxies, they reminded me of that. It was like that in like the eighties all put it together in like this like really cool display and they were looking for like a keyboardist. And I was like, oh, like this could be my opportunity. Like I could, I could, I kind of knew how to play keys just from producing. I was, but in my head, instead of instead of going down the route of like, well, you know, I want to, I want PD Mac to be a thing. I was like, well, this this opportunity seems like it's going to be, you know, way better than me just going off my own. And I'd rather I like the music. You know, I know I can do the keys. There is like, um, you know, pretend they were already like had a manager. There is like potential of you know big tours. And to in my head, I was like, sweet, like it's a safe enough risk for me to go and do that. And I kind of, at that moment, and that was like the end of 2016, I, I put like the PD Max up to the side a little bit. And I was like, sweet, I'm just gonna go head, like, head first into this and just see what happens. And so I did, and the, I learned a lot, you know? I mean, it, it was a great like experience through all the shows that, I mean, played a lot of shows in front of a lot of people played South by Southwest, like did a lot of big things that I'd never done before. Um, but I know like, I can honestly say that from right after when I started till when I left, like in like the summer of 2017, I never felt like deep down, I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be in this band. Like, I don't know, there was like, I was always unsettled and I never knew why. And it was, it kind of it kind of ate at me throughout 2017 until you know the the summer hit and I think it was in July where I was just like I got to the point where I was just like you know I just need to I need to step away I need to let them keep going I need to step away from myself and I know that I want to keep going as PD Mac I want to I want to I came here to produce I came here to DJ it's it's hard to explain but it was just like this like voice my intuition even just reminding me I guess of why I wasn't settled and it was because yes I was a part of a cool something that was cool but it wasn't what I felt that I really I really really wanted to be doing I wasn't really in it for the right reasons so that's a huge huge thing to let go of and I think you know as someone who's also lived in Nashville pursuing a career you kind of have to be willing to let go of opportunities sometimes even though you're not sure what's on the other side yeah. of the fence. How mm-hmm. did you deal with that? Because that's that's huge and that's scary and it's just a really hard yeah. pivot to make when you're so laser focused on one thing that you think could be the thing. Yeah. How do you deal with switching when this thing could be the thing? That's really difficult. <laughs> I mean, you have to be honest with yourself. Like really be honest. I think that's the biggest thing is you have to look at sort of the why behind it all. That that's really important. And that's that's kind of how I got to you know letting go of the band was I looked at the why and I also looked at okay like you know why am I doing this and also um you know what is it that I really really love and want to do with my life. And yes, it's it's to do music. It's to to perform, it's to create, but I have a I have something within me that I want to create. I want to put it out. I want to try this. And that was sort of that was my own voice, my own intuition, 
you know, I call it the Holy Spirit, that was, you know, driving the whole time and just saying like, hey, like this is, this is really who I am. This is what I really want to do. So it wasn't just a quick decision, <laughs> um, but I guess I really had to be honest with myself. You know, what's crazy too is as soon as I let that go, like a week later, Mr. Talkbox called shortly after, right? Yeah, I, I, I immediately started getting booked for a ton of things as soon as I let that go. It's so crazy. It's amazing. So, yeah, I quit. And then a week or two later, Mr. Talkbox, who is one of the nicest and most professional dudes on the planet, he was a, a great, like, um, I would say a role model to me. He reached out and was like, hey... You know, my church is looking for a DJ for this thing they do every year. It was like this big like uh, youth event party and he was playing at it and they wanted a DJ too and just completely out of nowhere. And I was like, sweet, let's, I'll do it. And then I ended up doing that. And then um, I think more places started hitting me up to play at their venues. And at the same time, Mr. Talkbox was like, hey, I want you to come and play with me for some dates and DJ for me. I was like, okay, let's do it. So it was just... You know, saying no at the time, there was a big unknown to, you know, my life in music and my career in music because I was letting go of the one thing that was, you know, giving me shows and giving me sort of uh, keeping keeping me on a, a certain platform, so to speak. But, you know, I let it go and then all of a sudden a lot of opportunity opened up and to me that was reassuring. Well, one of the reasons why I liked you and you sparked my attention a couple of years ago was because you have so much confidence. You just exuberate confidence. Mm -hmm. You have an infectious smile and you just kind of light up the room wherever you go. And Thank it's you. incredible. <laughs> How do you stay confident? Or I know we've talked at times when you haven't felt confident mm -hmm. and you still seem confident to me, yeah. which is amazing. I think a gift in itself, but how do you stay confident? So <laughs> I think at first, like when I really started having confidence is when I started like DJing out. And at the same time, I was like simultaneously producing like EDM music and I was confident because I was really confident because I knew it was a cool thing to do. <laughs> so I was like, I introduced myself as a DJ. People instantly like, instantly are like, they think of Avicii, Calvin Harris, whatever, and they're like, this dude's cool. And then and, I wanted to yeah. do them, so then I felt super confident. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, initially it was that, but then, you know, I didn't have a lot of people that, I had a select um, few people that really believed in me, like, pursuing music and chasing after that so I really had to channel that a lot and but yeah I was confident in what I loved and I still am and I've, I've definitely had to work on it at times because it's a, it really is a journey and you know like it, it really is a journey but at the same time it's I I, I remind myself and I, I do love it I love what I do I love producing I love performing and so when I meet people I, I want it I want that to shine and I want that for people to be like, oh, wow, like he, I can tell he loves what he does. And it's not just, it's just, well, I kind of DJ and I kind of make music. And is that cool? You know, it, it, I, you won't make friends that way. <laughs> and I, I just, I, at some point you have to kind of 
you have to step up and just be just be confident yeah and just really step in and believe what you want to be doing is what you're doing and who you are yeah last night when we were hanging out you said that ever since you turned 26 you've had this voice in your head telling you that you need to hurry up now because in four years you're going to be 30 and you said you kind (laughs) of had to start telling you're combating that Mm -hmm. and that you were doing it well but I want to hear more about that in the sense that on a you're doing something outside of a cultural norm which Mm -hmm. thank god those norms are changing for our generation now as far as work and what we do as entrepreneurs and be what when you say you've been combating it I want to know more about how you're kind of stomping on that that thought yeah it's it's crazy because ever since I turned 26 yeah there's been that voice that's like okay like you're you're 26 now you know you've been doing this for a little bit you probably should start you know becoming successful really soon or it's just too late and you should probably you know you're probably just gonna have to let it go it's like this, for some reason, it's like this, it's a fear-based thought. It's probably just been with me for a long time and I've just never dealt with it and that now it's popping up because I'm, I'm not in my early 20s anymore. And, um, you know, just despite the success I've achieved, it's like, it's, that voice is trying to get louder. It's trying to, you know, bring a megaphone and shout it in my face. And so I've, I've, I've definitely heard that voice more since I've turned 26 and... I guess the way I combat that is I, I, I remember reading in some books and also through podcasts like you can also use your channel your fear and you know um, use it to your advantage <laughs> and that's what I've been doing so you know I use it as a way to remind myself of okay like yeah I am 26 and I want to do more than I did when I was 25 I want to accomplish more than I did when I was 25 I want to be more confident I want to you know, um, achieve more than I did last year and be more of um, who, like, I want to be this year. And so I've, I've just been channeling that and using it in, as sort of a drive to to be greater. Nothing good comes out of, you know, a, a fear-driven life. But if you can channel it and if you can flip it around, I don't know, I'm it's, it's helped me out, so... <laughs> And it's given me a lot of good ideas. How do you deal with the stigma of kind of the older generation? I know that there's so many people in your boat and in my boat with the stigma of you go to college, you get a degree, you get a corporate job. I mean, you took the left path down the bunny trail (laughs) in the woods to the swamp, into the ocean, onto the floor. Like, you went totally (laughs) out of the woods with that, as well as I did. Yeah, for sure. I did as well. But how do you... How did you combat that stigma? How do you stay confident in, you know, I'm going to pursue music. I don't feel compelled to have a corporate job. Like, it's okay with me. I know there's a lot of people that struggle with that. There's a lot of pressure coming from different angles. And I love that our generation is kind of, you know, putting a damper on that stigma. But how have you dealt with that personally? Man, (laughs) the biggest driver to me right now is in what has been for the past, you know, two years has been you. So having you in my life and how close we've gotten just, you know, first as friends, then dating, now marriage, like you have been that person in my life that's been with me through my highs and my lows, but also encouraged me throughout because you have an incredible experience and advice to give. You always do, uh, and especially when it comes to, 
you know, being an entrepreneur because you literally had a successful career, pivoted, and now you have another successful career in a whole other like realm. And so, you know, your encouragement, your advice, and just your ability to see that I love something and cheer me on through that has been the reason why I've felt has in turn like given me more confidence and I feel like given me momentum. And so it's like us feeding off of each other. And that's been, that has been the biggest thing. Because if I didn't have you, I probably would just be, I don't know, be going in circles. If I, if I didn't have you, I would definitely just be a different person. And I'm so happy, you know, I am where I am right now. And I've you to think for a lot of it so you guys I did not know he was gonna say that for the record we did yeah. not check out these questions no. beforehand no that was the sweetest thing it's true ever. though and I think that you know when you're when you're doing something as risky as being an, an entrepreneur whether that's an artist or having your own business like it it really makes a difference having one person that you're just like so tight with your bffs with like you're like you have just one person that can really understand you, relate to you and help you. And it makes, it literally makes a world of difference. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah, because yeah, our, our generation is very different than any other generation. And we're, we're the ones that are now like, and even those after, like we kind of set the stage for generations after us to be like, yeah, you don't have to follow traditional methods you know, you can actually go after what you love and, you know, kind of figure it out and make a living out of it. And yeah, it's working for us. And so I'm really happy. <laughs> what are you most scared of? Most scared of? Besides so, bees. Oh, <laughs> yeah, bees are still number one. Um, there's always been, like, I don't, I don't like think into it anymore, but there's, there's still like that fear of, of having to let go of music and having to just accept that it didn't work out and take on something else. So no matter what, like that's always on like the far end of the spectrum for me. That always has been. Um, I don't think about it every day. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> but that's just still, it's still like there. So I would say that's my biggest fear. What has been your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? <laughs> you want to get really deep? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man, I didn't, I didn't think I was gonna have to get this deep on the podcast. <laughs> you can, I mean, and then we can just edit it out yeah. if you don't want to put it on there. You know, there's been a lot of failures in my life, but I would say the biggest one happened when I was 19, and I I had gotten like a DWI in the summertime. And, um, I remember like, it was something I never thought would happen to me. And it was the lowest point in my life where I was like, whoa, like I just potentially ruined my whole life. Like I had to pay a lot of money. I had to go to court for a while. I had to, you know, have a lawyer. Then I had to be on probation and go through this, this class, like that was for people that had done I had gotten a DWI, then I had to have like a thing installed in my car for a year that I had to breathe into. It was like this long process and it was definitely like when it happened, I, I felt like I didn't even know who I was anymore. Like I had everything that I loved, like from at that time, like partying with friends and, you know, being out and having like the kind of a wild lifestyle was just like instantly like ripped away. 
and I did I didn't know who I was at the time and I was just like whoa like no one really could relate to it and it was it was crazy um but I do remember like I think it was the day after um feeling like well you know I can either I can either hate like the fact that this happened and be upset at it the rest of my life or I can do something about it and I didn't know what that looked like at the time but that was a thought that came to me thankfully and that kind of stayed with me through the whole process and it was you know it was hard dealing with disappointment like I knew I disappointed a ton of people including myself but it also it also like led me on a path to where I am now where if it wasn't for that moment I don't know I might have done something stupider and I might not be here today I don't know but I you know I thank God and I thank um, all the people that kind of stick stuck with me through it all and helped me and gave me opportunities and gave me you know work and things like that to get through it and you know yeah help me become the man I was today I'm really proud of you for having the courage to even talk about that because I know it's not something you talk about very often mm. yeah but yeah I mean I think for for a lot of people like you know your biggest failure can be the thing that sets you on the path for like greatness I really believe that um and that's what happened to me and you know again like when it comes to failure you can learn from it or you can just kind of ignore it and keep you know not learn from your mistake and if you choose to just kind of suck it up and learn from it and move forward then I, I do believe you know and you you pursue after you know things that are truly good you know, you will set up a good life for yourself. You're, you're, ask, you're amazing. You're asking me about dating advice. I would say dating advice. Don't go on a six mile run as your first date. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we did. And I think I really like tired you out. <laughs> well, I was like grilling you. I was asking you a ton of questions. Asked me so many questions. <clears throat> I was, and he's, you know, six foot. I'm five, four. Yeah. The ratio with the height is already hard. He was like a gazelle running <laughs> through the desert. And I was trying to keep up with all these conversations, spitfire conversations. Yeah. And I did. Yeah. And it was awesome. Yeah. So maybe if you, if you, you know, want to really get to know someone on the first date, Maybe take them just to a nice restaurant or go do something that's not, you know, a six-mile six mile run. But, no, you know. definitely do it. It was so memorable. Yeah, it was. It was great. Well, I love you, babe, and I'm glad love we got too. to chat this morning. Me too. And talk about all these things. Me You're too. such an inspiration to me, and I am so grateful to be your best friend. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful. I feel like I win the lottery with that one and most of all to be your wife. Thank you. Well, I love you so much and thanks for sticking with me and for having me on your podcast. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) And now enjoy a piece of this track that Pete and his cousin Jeff made (laughs) when they were little. (laughs) Bye.
Thank <laughs> you.